This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass. على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين إمام المتقين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وقرة عيوننا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأتباعه إلى يوم الدين الحمد لله given the grave occurrences that are taking place at present and that have been taking place for a long time and as an expression of concern and raising awareness of what of significance we're going to talk today just briefly about the virtues of Jerusalem and the believer's five key duties towards it. And we're going to begin, we're going to look at this in three parts. We're going to look at the significance of Jerusalem and the surrounding lands as mentioned in the Qur'an and try to understand at least briefly what this is rooted in. Secondly, we're going to look at some of the hadiths of our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with respect to the virtues of um, Jerusalem and some of the background. Why is it special? Why is it special? And then, thirdly, what are five key duties that the scholars mention with respect to a believer's responsibility towards Jerusalem? So the first, to look at the significance of Jerusalem and the sacred land, Al-Ard Al-Muqaddasa. There are at least 11 sets of verses in the Qur'an that talk about Jerusalem and the surrounding lands or the Masjid Al-Aqsa right? and its significance. And we'll just mention a couple of these. Amongst them, Sayyidina Musa addresses his people in the Qur'an Right? That, oh my people, enter the sacred land, Al-Ard Al-Muqaddasa, right? that Allah has written for you. Right? And so the, the promised land, right? the promised land for the, you know, for the believers who followed Sayyidina Musa was, were the, land, were, were the lands of what is, what is Palestine. The lands of Sham, the lands of the Great Levant, and and it refers specifically to the most specific sense of it is Jerusalem, the most virtuous of the land of the of the land of of the sacred land. Al Ard Al Muqaddasa is the, the the city that became came to be known as Beitul Maqdis, right? as Literally, the abode of sanctity. Right? The abode of sanctity. Imam Abdurrahman ibn al-Jawzi, one of the great imams of hadith, he compiled a 160-page book on Fada'il al-Quds, on the virtues of Jerusalem. And he mentions many of the reasons why this land was made sacred. It has a sanctity before Sayyidina Musa. And the, which is 
that this was the, uh, the place of divine oneness, right? It is a land where Allah sent more prophets than any other land. And Allah made in the city of Jerusalem a place of worship that is of the earliest places of worship, as we will see when we look at the hadiths. Right? So the lands are referred to as Al-Ard Al-Muqaddasa and Jerusalem itself, it's known as Baytul Maqdis, right? the, 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 literally the abode of sanctity. And it's sanct and it's uh, and the word Quds is from At-Tathir. So it's been pu purified from the worship of idols. It, it has the sanctity of being a place of worship. Right? A place of worship. Right? And Allah has made it blessed. Because as we see in the Quran, this idea of something being blessed or something being something being mubarak or something being muqaddas right being made sacred allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made certain places special he has made certain times special he has made certain people special he has made certain actions special why because these places times people actions that there are means of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and through them seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right as the ulama put this they mentioned this principle inna lillahi khawas min al-amkinati wal-azminati wal-ashkhas that Allah has chosen ones right? has an ill of of times and places and of people and the ulama add to it and actions the, the, the salam has been described in the Quran as tahiyyah mubaraka a tree has been made has been described shajara mubaraka a blessed tree and this land has been made blessed why? because this land and particularly the city, and particularly the Masjid Al-Aqsa, has been made a place where the, it's been consecrated for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and there is an opportunity of mercy there. There's an opportunity of mercy there, as we'll see from some of the hadiths of the Prophet Much has been said about the meanings of Watini was Zaytun. Watini was Zaytun. By the fig and the olive. But the, some of the ulama said, by the fig and the olive, Allah has sworn by the land of the fig and the olive, which is the lands of Sham in general, or in particular, Jerusalem and what is around it. Right? And both, and many of the ulama took that, or many of the salaf of the early scholars took that explanation, right? that it refers to Jerusalem, especially the sacred hill upon which you know, old Jerusalem was built. But it also has been used for وَمَا referring to the بِرَادُ sham, the lands of Sham. And there are many, and if you look at the tafsir of Surah at you can look at the, what the early Muslims have said. But 
included in it either specifically or generally is Jerusalem, right, in it. We know that Masjid al-Aqsa has been described as the furthest mosque. Subhan al-ladhi asra bi'abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-Aqsa. Right? Glory be to the one who took on a night journey his servant from the sacred mosque, Masjid al-Haram, the, the Haram of Mecca, ila al-masjid al-Aqsa, to the furthest mosque, which is Masjid al-Aqsa. Right? The the, the, the masjid, the masjid in Jerusalem. Now you could say, well, like, which Muslims had gone there? Like a masjid is not a place in this sense that that was established by Muslims, right? Because this, we, and we will see the hadith related to it, this was established as a place of worship well, well beyond the time of even the, um, it, both of the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition before that. It, it's, it was a place of worship for Allah SWT even from before that. And, الَّذِي بَارَكْنَا حَوْلَهُ That we have blessed, they made blessed its surroundings, whose surroundings we have made blessed. Right? And Allah SWT says, لِنُرِيَهُ مِنْ آيَاتِنَا So that we may show him of his signs. So the night journey, which is one of the most manifest of the public manifestations of the, the honor and rank of the Prophet right? the sort of the pivotal point of the Isra and the Mi'raj was Masjid al-Aqsa. Because that, the, night, the night journey took place till Masjid al-Aqsa and the Mi'raj and the ascent to heaven took place from Masjid al-Aqsa to, to the heavens and then to the place beyond place, right? Um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes both the lands surrounding it as being blessed and that being a place that is a masjid for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are, and it has significance towards the future as well, right? Because those lands surrounding Jerusalem are the lands where the resurrection will take place, as has come in the hadiths. Of course, the land in the after the end of this world, right? Demin, de, you know, the dimensionality of existence changes. Things are no longer as they are in this life. But that land, right, it, as, and there's authentic hadiths about this, that is Ardul Mahshar, the, 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 the land on which the resurrection takes place. And there are at least 11 sets of other verses in the Quran about Jerusalem and its virtues, explicitly or by, by what is understood from it, right? Particularly from Sayyidina Musa and his people, right? Um, 
and that this blessedness also, it's understood in the Quran, is not time-specific. Right? So amongst the verses, for example, from Surah Al-Anbiya, verse 71, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ وَلُوطًا إِلَى الْأَرْضِ, إلى الأرض الَّتِي بَارَكْنَا فِيهَا لِلْعَالَمِينَ right? And we saved Lut alayhi salam, we saved him and Lut to the land that we made blessed for all creation, لِلْعَالَمِينَ Right? And many other, and Imam al-Siyuti and others, Imam al-Tabari and others explain that this, that blessed land is referring to Bayt al-Maqdis. Right? Imam al-Tabari relates this from Ibn Abbas. Imam al-Siyuti, one of the late authorities of hadith of, and tafsir, said this, the strongest position on this is referring to Bayt al-Maqdis and numerous other verses. Right? So at least 11 sets of verses in the Quran explicitly about Jerusalem and the Masjid al-Aqsa. Then when we look at hadith on the virtues of Masjid al-Aqsa, we see some very interesting things, some of which shockingly we are, most people are unaware of. Right? One is that Masjid al-Aqsa was the second mosque built on earth, the second house of worship ever built. Right? So the Sahaba used to think a lot of things that mattered because they didn't concern themselves with useless things. Right? So the hadith of Abu Dharr al-Ghifari radiallahu ta'ala anhu is related by Bukhari and Muslim. Right? So it's a rigorously authentic hadith that he asked the, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Ya Rasulullah, ayyu masjidin wudi'a fil ardi awwalan? Qala alayhi salam, al-masjid al-haram. So Abu Dhar asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, which mosque was first established on earth? And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the masjid al-haram, the where the Kaaba is. And when you care about something, you want to know more. So Sayyidina Wudar asked a follow-up question. He said, Thumma ay, then which one? The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Then, Masjid Al-Aqsa, the foremost mosque. So Abu Dhar, that's not it. Like, you know, he... The Sahaba were seekers of knowledge. They were not passive. Okay, he gave an answer. Khalas. Yeah, that's another follow-up. He said, Kam kana baynahuma? How much time elapsed between the two? And then Prophet ﷺ said, Arba'una sana. Forty years. Right? Forty years. So, Sayyidina Adam is, is said to have established be the, the first dedicated place of worship was the Masjid al-Haram. Now there's discussion where exactly did Sayyidina Adam land, right? The Indians love this point because there are established hadiths that awwalu says from Sayyidina Ali that, for example, and others that Adam first landed in India. Okay? And that, that's a point of discussion. 
the Sri Lankans say there's a hill in there, say, well, he stepped there, but he, yeah, that's sort of his, sort of the stepping stone, and he landed in India, wherever it may be. So, of course, when he came down on earth, he prayed. But it is in Mecca, in what is now Mecca, that Sayyidina Adam, by the command of his Lord, established the first dedicated place of worship. Right? And he spent time there worshipping, and his offspring worshipped there. And it remained a place of worship, and then people left it, and, and it was rebuilt by Sayyidina Adam, etc. But that's the first place of worship. The second place of worship was Masjid al-Aqsa. Right. We don't know, was it Sayyidina Adam who built it? There are some texts that would indicate this. Imam Ibn, um, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani in his commentary on, on Sahih al-Bukhari, Fath al-Bari, has some discussion on this. It is said that it was actually Sayyidina Adam who also established um, Masjid al-Aqsa. Um, Allahu Alam, right? But it's an ancient place of worship, right? It's an ancient place of worship, of the earliest places of worship on earth, and that's from where its significance arises. This this is a place that it was established. The, the 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 place of worship precedes the the city or anything else about it, right? So that's one of the fundamental hadiths on the virtues of Masjid al-Aqsa. We also know, of course, from many hadiths, amongst them the hadith related by Imam al-Bukhari from al-Bara ibn Azib, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that after the hijrah, the Prophet sallallahu after the hijrah from Mecca to Medina, the Prophet sallallahu and the companions prayed to Bayt al-Maqdis to to. Jerusalem, in the direct you know, to the to the qibla of Masjid al-Aqsa for fourteen months, and other hadiths would indicate uh, sixteen months. I'm, I'm really, actually, I'm really bad with numbers. Actually, it says sitat ashar shahran, right? I'm, I'm not a reference for numbers. Uh, please forgive me. I'll read an, one number and I'll understand another. I think I misinterpreted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words. Don't say three. Because legally, if you don't say three, then you wouldn't say anything above them. So, for 16 months. right? Um, right that Until the Qibla was returned to Mecca. And there's a wisdom why, many wisdoms why, when, when, once they left Mecca, the Qibla was, was shifted. Right, so it's not, right? It is from Izaz, right? That your, like, your virtue is not dependent upon your virtue and your honor as servants of God is not place dependent. It's not place dependent, right? But once that point was made and established, the qibla returned to where? Right? But it tells you the 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 most sacred place on earth is the first mosque. Which is the you know, the Masjid al-Haram, the second most sacred place on earth at that time was Masjid al-Aqsa. Of course, after the establishment of the Mosque of the Prophet and the Prophet told us, right, that after the Masjid al-Haram, the 
most virtuous mosque is his mosque, then comes Masjid al-Aqsa. But th this is the sacredness. One thing we omitted from, for, in mentioning from the hadith of um, Abu Dhar, that after Abu Dhar asked those questions, the Prophet ﷺ gave practical guidance. He said, ثُمَّ أَيْنَمَا أَدْرَكْتَ الصَّلَاةَ بَعْدُ فَصَلِّهِ so at any time you are able to catch a prayer there in Masjid al-Aqsa, then catch it. Right? And then he said, that truly virtue is there. Right? Truly reward is there. And normally you say, for example, in it is great reward. But here, and it's hard to convey in English, Truly, al-fadl, the virtue and reward. Right? Truly, virtue and reward is in it. Right? Rhetorically indicating that, that all of reward can be found there. And we know from hadiths of the Prophet ﷺ about the multiplication of the reward for the one who prays at Masjid al-Aqsa. And that it's one of the mosques to which Tushaddur Rihal, one would, one is religious, directly religiously encouraged and rewarded for traveling to pray there. Um, and then, of course, the verses came from Surah Al Baqarah, changing the Qibla to back to um, the Kaaba. In other, there's many, many hadiths on the virtues of um, Bayt al Maqdis and Masjid al Aqsa. Amongst them, the hadith of the night journey. The fact that the night journey took place to Jerusalem. That this is where the prophets were gathered, awaiting the Prophet ﷺ's coming on the night journey, as is established through authentic gatherings. It being the land of gathering for the believers for the resurrection. Also other hadiths that the Sahaba asked the Prophet ﷺ, for advice about the last days, about where, meaning about where to go. And the Prophet ﷺ said, in a, for, to some of the companions, go to Bayt al-Maqdis. And if you can establish, settle there and have your children there, that way it may be that they'll get to pray there. Right? That it's one of the, and that this is one of the sanctuaries of Allah right, on earth. And it's one of the lands that the, 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 that the Dajjal will not be able to enter. Okay? Some people worry as if, you know, you know, like, what's going on? And it's a lack of faith because history is in the hands of the one who's making it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So don't, don't worry. Oh my God, what will the Zionists do next? Okay. You're concerned about it. You see how we respond to it. But they're not in control. They're not in control. Having that kind of attitude is a defeatist attitude. Right? Allah is the protector of those who believe. Right? So this sense of fear and despair is against it. And actually, if you're an optimist, right, in the last days, one of the places to go to is Jerusalem. So if, if you can't go right now, it means... There's still time. But things we know from the hadiths about the fitan 
there's many hadiths on, on the last days related to the lands of Sham. And we have great hope in the restoration of good for the lands of Sham, right, of the greater Levant, which is something called greater Syria. Syria, Palestine, Lebanon, Jordan, right, because the Prophet says, Alikum bisham, seek out the lands of Sham. Right? It's one of the uh, many hadiths on the virtues of Sham in general and of Damascus in particular. But also numerous hadiths and in general, but also related to the last days, related to Jerusalem. Right? And there's other hadiths on the virtues of Jerusalem that we won't get into. But this sort of, inshallah, will put in perspective what are some of our duties with respect to Masjid al-Aqsa. Now, one thing, of course, just a simple point of fact, there are two principal structures, two principal structures. There's a whole, there's a whole complex which is called the, which is the Al-Aqsa complex, right? And that is all sacred and it is all mosque. And it's in that general sense, right? Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in the general sense, in the Quranic sense, refers to the whole buqa'ah, the whole land. And it's known, it's demarcated. All of that is a masjid for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's permanently a masjid for the sake of Allah. It doesn't matter who does what. That is a masjid for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the time of Sayyidina Adam. Then there are two principal structures and many secondary structures. There is the, the Qubbat al-Sakhra, right, which is the Dome of the Rock, right, which, is the gold, which has the golden dome on it. That is not Masjid al-Aqsa. If you Google Masjid al-Aqsa, you see three, two-thirds or three-quarters of the pictures are for the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock is not the specific Masjid al-Aqsa. The specific Masjid al-Aqsa is the other structure, the Ottoman-looking structure. Okay? Um, which is on the left of this image. Is it on your left? Yeah, on the left of the image. I don't know how it comes up on the screen. Right? On the left of the image, with the smaller dome, we had the background running in the various images. That is the specific Masjid al-Aqsa. Okay? That's the sort of the Masjid of the Aqsa complex. But the whole Aqsa complex, all of it is Masjid. Okay? We won't go into the fiqh related to where you can pray, etc. If prayer is taking place in the in the masjid, you pray in the masjid, right? But there's reward in all of praying in all of it, and there's many texts about the praying the different parts of Masjid al-Aqsa, of the of, or what we call the Aqsa complex. There's many many narrations from the Prophet sallallahu and also from the Sahaba. Um, and it's it's a fascinating subject. A lot more could be said about al-Aqsa and what has been mentioned. A lot of the righteous used to go and live there. So much so that when the crusaders invaded Palestine and took it over and they forced the, not just the Muslims but also the Jews out, there's a whole scholarly tradition that was transported from Jerusalem to Damascus. Right? And it's called the yeah, they're the Al-Maqdisis, right? and they were great, particularly Hanbali scholars, right? 
who moved to Damascus and settled in Damascus. Right? Because, but how did all these Maqdisis, and they were not interrelated, they're all from Jerusalem, what were they doing in Jerusalem? They were in Jerusalem because of the great virtues of, mentioned of Jerusalem. And there's many other historic events related to it that we won't get into, like the concern of the believers in the reopening of Jerusalem and the efforts of Sultan uh, Salahuddin al-Ayyubi and before him of uh, Nuruddin al-Zanji um, for the recapture and the reopening of Jerusalem. Because the Muslims, when they opened Jerusalem, they opened it not just for themselves, but they sec secured the rights of the other faiths to worship. Right now, it's not just the Muslims who are oppressed in and around Jerusalem, but the Christians as well are oppressed and prevented from their, um, from their full, fulfilling their religious rights. R-I-T-E-S. Much can be said about a believer's duties with respect to Masjid al-Aqsa, but we'll summarize it in five points. These are belief, concern, prayer, support, and visiting. These are five things that you should commit yourself to. First, that in terms of belief, you should know the great virtue and rank and significance of Masjid al-Aqsa. Okay? That this is the Thani al-Qiblatain, the second Qibla, the second Masjid ever established, as mentioned in the Hadith of Abu Dhar in both Bukhari and Muslim. It is the, the, where the Prophet ﷺ went on, you know, on his night journey and then from there he ascended to the heavens. Right? There is, it's a sunnah to seek out to pray there. It's a land visited by many prophets. So one should have the belief in this. Belief arises from knowledge. So read about it. Right? Read about it. Read about the virtues of Jerusalem. There's much that has been written. And some of this is now available in English as well. So to know its rank, virtues, and significance. Second is concern, right? That we care, we care for the good of this land because it is be beloved to Allah. And we have concern for it first as a place of worship. Secondly, for its people. Right? Because they're honored by the place that they're in. Because it's a place that is dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Thirdly, concern for the preservation of its sanctity, right? of it being a sanctify, a place of peace, a place where the rights of those who seek to worship are secured, where people are not wronged, not oppressed, not denied their, their rights. So need to, one needs to have concern. And if the concern is true, then it would lead to the third duty, which is to pray. Right? That if a, if a concern is true and consequential, then it will be expressed in prayer. Right? And this should be, you know, and we should not just be praying for our own limited concerns. The bigger anything that you care about, the sign is that you pray for. And what you care about is manifest in what you pray for 
and what you fail to pray for. So you say, I really want to get to Jannah. How much do you ask for it? And what exactly do you ask about it? Oh, and I want Jannah. And grant me Jannah. It's like an afterthought in your dua. I really need to marry Lubna. And I really need to have steak tonight. And I really need this. Oh, and grant me Jannah. And you move on. Right? But the steak is real. Jannah is abstract. Right? Um, where the opposite is true. Right? The steak is fleeting. It's only a few bites. Jannah is everlasting. So concern is expressed in prayer. Right? And in the nuance of your prayer, how much you pray for it. And these are interrelated. Because to be able to pray for in detail, you need to have that belief grounded in knowledge. But then you need to support, right? You need to support this concern. How? By raising awareness, by advocacy, and by supporting those who are raising awareness and advocacy. Right? But as believers, you know, we have we err far too often in purposeless anger. And this is not the way of the Prophet. He said, La taghdab, do not get angry. Because the, the, the weak person is the one who gets angry. And this is the anger that is rage, an anger that is expressed as anger rather than purposeful, principled, beneficial action. Right? The anger that is channeled in restorative justice that will result in mercy and good, that is the, that, that is the positive anger that the believer embraces. Right? And this is the anger that one should have, is a, an anger that results in one seeking restorative justice. As, a, as individuals and as a community and as an ummah, we have to leave aside anger and the rhetoric of rage. Right? Because it burns, but it burns the one who is enraged. And it doesn't result in any change for the good. Right? Rather, we need to channel that anger in positive concern. That we have to be driven by our faith. Right? To understand the significance of what we are seeking. That, and that belief turns into concern. We care for God. We care for the good. We care for justice. We care for mercy. We believe in the sanctity of human life and the right to worship, the right of religion, the right of life, the right of the preservation of good. So we need to direct our concern in a meaningful manner and come together for meaningful concern, not just angry advocacy. Stop the Zionists. Okay, stop them and then what? Stop them and then what? So, okay, get rid of A, B, and C. Okay, you get rid of them, then what's going to change? Right? Allah does not change the state of a people until they change what is 
within them. Right? We have to, that's the positive concern. Right? Jerusalem will be freed when we free ourselves from the shackles that we have taken on ourselves. Right? And then there's a practical sunnah that, that is neglected, right? which is visited. Right? The Prophet encouraged it and visited. And for if you're a Canadian citizen, you don't, it, it's not difficult to, to visit it. You may get a little bit of annoyance and so on, but visit it as an act of faith, seeking the reward of worship there as an act of concern, as an act of support, not just for Masjid al-Aqsa, but for the people of al-Aqsa, for the cause, right? To be witnesses for what is taking place, but and with the high intent of seeking restorative justice. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who recognize the great virtues of this city of sanctity, Bayt al-Maqdis, this abode of sanctity. Right? And may he make us of those who, whose faith, whose concern, whose prayer, whose advocacy, and whose visitation is part of the process of the reopening of Jerusalem and of Masjid al-Aqsa as a place for worship right, for the people of Tawheed and where all those who would turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their rights are secured and preserved with dignity and balance and mercy. ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى ورزقنا الله تعالى تلك الزيارة وسلم تسليما كثيرا وأخذ عنا الحمد لله رب العالمين. That's just something I wanted to share on the virtues of Jerusalem. We ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى that He restore justice for Jerusalem and for the lands of Palestine and restore the good. and rightful balance for the believers and for all people that there be a restoration of right balance however that is manifest and make us of those who direct our concern towards building the good towards dispelling harm who do not respond to harm with harm but who respond to harm with wisdom that brings good for all God's creation وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم والحمد لله رب العالمين Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. Our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org/donate.